Hello and welcome to the Cancer Research UK Cambridge Centre podcast, the All About Radiotherapy series. This series is brought to you by the CRUK Radnet Cambridge programme in partnership with our lovely patient and public involvement and engagement group. Hello and welcome to today's episode. This is part two of our History of Radiotherapy episode and I'm joined by Hilary and Neil, two of our patient representatives with CRUK Radnet Cambridge and they're going to talk a little bit more about their experiences of working in radiotherapy and coming back to radiotherapy as a patient. So let's just pick up where we left off. So the both of you, we've kind of briefly touched upon, have quite a different experience of radiotherapy research, some within your roles and some as a patient. Hilary, could you start off just telling us a little bit about your experience of radiotherapy research? Yes, well, I had surgery and uh, for my uh, breast cancer, and uh, then I was invited to join a research study for my radiotherapy treatment. It was a study to see if radiotherapy over part of the breast was as effective with less side effects than giving it to the whole breast. And one of the reasons that I joined the trial was because I could see that over the years, research and the many thousands of women who had taken part in the research had played such an important role in improving the treatment that I was now having. I was already having less treatment than somebody 10 years earlier would have had in, in my position. The results of that study were I was involved in were published not long ago. And partial radiotherapy is now becoming a standard of care across the world. So I'm really proud to have contributed to these results. But uh, when I finished my treatment, I was keen to help where I could with research. So now I provide input from the patient point of view into a number of more recent research studies and also have commented on proposals to fund new studies. There's lots of opportunities out there to do that for anybody who wants to get involved. Brilliant. Thank you, Hilary. And yeah, there is so many opportunities to be involved in research. So Neil, could you tell us a little bit about your experiences as well? My experiences of research, I suppose, have been from two different perspectives. The first was professionally when I was working as a research clinician, uh, the second as a patient. And actually, I first met Hillary when I was part of a team setting up a research project and we needed some patient, uh, some intelligent, sensible guidance from patients. And that's how I first met Hillary. She I met her in 2011 and she joined the VoxTox research program that, uh, that I was leading. And actually, I really benefited and the research program really benefited from Hillary's input. She had very clear thinking. She gave us a patient's perspective and I could always rely on her to make sure that we weren't going, let's say, out of a sensible area of research, sensible from the patient perspective and patient benefit perspective. Uh, so her input made a really big difference to the study, uh, and I was then and remain really grateful for that. I do recall a specific meeting where I didn't really quite know what we should do in one of the aspects of the study, and happily, luckily, Hillary was there, and she just gave some really clear advice about the direction that we should take and what we should do, and it turned out to be, I can say in retrospect, it turned out to be 
exactly right. And so uh, it really underlined for me uh, the importance of having people slightly outside, yet still involved in the research, but who had a clear and uh, definitive patient uh, perspective. I have to say that partly as the result of my own research efforts and partly uh, actually uh, with interactions with Hillary and then my own patient journey, I do feel passionately that the research community ought to listen to what patients actually want to know from research. Now, I know the community of researchers does listen, but I'd like to have a little bit bigger conversation about it. And I'd like people to listen a bit more. It's not always the easy things that should be the focus for research, but just because it isn't easy doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. That's a quite philosophical point about research, I think, and that applies in other aspects of life. But I think the patient's voice needs to be listened to more strongly. And I think we could, the UK is really good at radiotherapy research. And I think we could be even better with a little bit more focus on actually what patients want to know. I think both me and Hilary would definitely agree with you there, Neil, with that one and exactly what the work we've been doing with this particular project that you've both been so involved in is to make sure that we can get that louder patient and public voice through research and through radiotherapy that, you know, we all think is, is so, so important. So just going back, we've touched on it a little bit, but you both, we've mentioned, had some experience of having radiotherapy. I think the listeners would like to hear about your experiences of radiotherapy as well. Hilary, would you mind sharing a little bit? Yes, well, I had radiotherapy to my uh, breast after I'd had surgery and uh, I had daily sessions of just a few minutes for three weeks. And um, it wasn't painful at all at the time, although it was quite sore towards the end of treatment, but that soon got better. The most tiring part was actually having to turn up at the hospital every day for three weeks. That was quite exhausting. But, you know, I, I was initially very scared just because, you know, it's, it's a big machine and you have to lie there on your, on your own in the room. But actually the staff were wonderful and after a day or two of treatment I relaxed and uh, actually we got quite a camaraderie going on with the other patients in the waiting room and it was almost quite fun by the end. (laughs) Thank you Hilary and Neil how about you? Well I think I had some similar aspects of experience to the ones that Hilary's just described. I found the whole thing quite scary despite the fact I knew the department and the machinery very well but it was definitely worse because of Covid And the patient and the camaraderie with other patients and with staff wasn't really very well developed because people were staying physically away from each other and everybody was wearing a mask and so on. I had radiotherapy for my prostate. And one of my biggest worries was that the amount of bladder filling that I would have on a day of treatment, whether it would be the same as when I had my treatment planned. But right at the beginning, before my first treatment, the staff explained to me how they were going to deal with that. And it required me to drink a certain amount of fluid at a certain time and then go in for treatment at the allocated hour. And I had been quite concerned that running schedule might be altered and that um, that would affect the filling. But actually, I I could almost have set my watch by the time I got called to go into the treatment machine. I also know, and because the staff told me, Uh, that based on the image guidance scans, my bladder filling was almost the same every day. So actually, that was fantastic. And that was quite reassuring. It didn't say whether the treatment was working against the cancer, but it did say that everything that was 
could possibly be done was done. I had 23 treatments in all, and I agree with Hillary that showing up each day was pretty tiring. I think that was predominantly psychological, of course, although I think how much tiredness you get slightly depends on which part of the body is being treated. And I would certainly think that it would be nice to have fewer treatments. But that being said, when my consultant said to me that he wanted me to have 23, uh, he explained that, that he thought that was going to be the best bet. So fewer treatments would be worse. 23 treatment was the right number. And I would always opt for having the, the best number of treatments, even if that was more, not less. Thank you. Yeah, two different different perspectives. And, and again, it shows that what is interesting for the listeners is different parts of the body will have a different number of treatments as well. So it really just depend person to person. So given that you've both worked really closely with radiotherapy and then had radiotherapy, did this sort of change your perspective of, or how you viewed the treatment? Now, I was quite nervous about radiotherapy because of my memories from the 1970s. Many women had unpleasant skin burns, very nasty um, purple sort of paint called gentian violet that people had to paint on them to try and stop the skin burns. Everybody went around looking purple. But I soon discovered how much treatments had improved and uh, I didn't get skin burns at all, partly because the uh, the depth that radiotherapy starts working in the body is deeper and so it doesn't affect the skin so much with, with current radiotherapy equipment. And I found the radiographers extremely reassuring and, as I said, as, as the treatment went on after the first two or three, I settled down and it was okay. Well, I very much agree with Hillary, I suppose. I'd seen quite a lot of bad side effects through my career, although I suppose part of the development through my career was the reduction of side effects, as, as Hillary says, from more powerful machines than for, for better computing and treatment delivery and so on. But uh, I, I must admit, I was really pleased that I was treated with you know, the most modern technologies take, to take advantage of the improvements in, uh, in side effects. My biggest fear actually was, and still remains, about the, the, the hereditary component of toxicity, because my father had bad side effects. And we do know there is a hereditary component. So if your parent had bad side effects, a child having radiotherapy will be more likely to have bad side effects, and indeed vice versa. So I still have some concerns so far, so good, I'm glad to say, but I know perfectly well that I could still develop side effects later because some, some of the most important side effects occur after years rather than months from radiotherapy. And I have to say, I think it would be really good to have for clinicians to have a better idea about that. You know, what is my intrinsic tissue sensitivity in the tissues of importance? That would be really useful information. And it would be fantastic to be able to tell patients about that. It would also be fantastic, actually, to be able to design schedules to reduce the risk of toxicity in patients who are more at risk, which incidentally might mean having more treatments. But that's a different story. It's really interesting you mentioned that. That's not something I was ever taught about, is that side effects can be hereditary. We all know, I suppose, as radiographers and clinicians, that radiotherapy affects each individual very differently and one person's side effects might be very different to the other because of the way they react to radiation that was really interesting thank you Neil for sharing that well I just wanted to say and this this shows how important the research is 
because actually to get research in genomics and to actually find out about individuals, you have to look at the anonymized, but you have to look at the information from an enormous number of patients. And so it just... I agree. And that, that's incredibly important, isn't it, Hilary? So that means that more, lots of patients have to be approached, but it also means we've got to have ways of uh, recording information about side effects, and that's got to be done as we go along. And that requires a bit of a bit of time and a bit of resource. And we've got to be able to collect blood samples because you can get DNA out of the blood and we've got to be able to store and process those. So that does require actually some funding. But if we are ever going to crack this, we need, would you say, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of patients somewhere in that range, I suppose, which is a big undertaking. But we can't do it without those numbers, can we? No, I don't. Uh, I don't think so. And, um, you know, we're in a fabulous position in the UK because with the NHS, it's easier to do some of these these things where in countries where it's just individual hospitals working, it's much harder to get data and aggregate it together to get the results that you want. So to some extent, you know, it's, it's helpful to do it here, although I'm part of a European project that has actually taken results from um, countries all over Europe to try and get the numbers, the numbers up to uh to to look at this i'm also a great advocate of patient reported outcomes so that patients are actually asked what their outcomes are and it's not just there was a time when clinicians wrote down the patient said this they wrote down the side effects and that's all that was recorded but actually these days with online work you can do patient reported outcomes patients are not all patients, but most are happy, so long as they're not too onerous, are happy to do this. And that sort of information is 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 vital because you can then you can track when changes like Neil said, you know, there's a possibility of getting later problems. If a patient's reporting on a, I don't know, six monthly or yearly basis, then you can track that sort of change. This kind of leads really nicely into to me saying, where would you really like to see radiotherapy be developed in the next five to ten years well i just think we need to carry on making it much more targeted precise and individualized as best we can you know it's not one size fits all it by necessity it used to have to be but now it's not and it's matter that each patient gets what they need whether it's more or less and uh, we need more we need to keep doing research in that area well i, I certainly agree with hillary Actually, I'm interested in trying to improve the, the targeting of radiotherapy, and that needs more imaging. But I'm also really in, interested in the idea of imaging to follow up patients and about trying to develop better, better ways of imaging that could start to answer the question of whether I have been cured or not cured. And that's something that as a patient has been occupying my mind lately. But it's also something I recall patients of mine when I was working asking me. And it's very frustrating to say to a patient, I'm sorry, but nobody can tell. We ought to try to we ought to be engaging in research to try to do better. Hillary's already mentioned and we've already discussed the normal tissue genetics question. And actually, we have to remember that knowing a little bit more about tumors could be useful. For example, does a tumor grow very fast? If so, there are things that we could and should do about that, or does it grow rather slowly, in which case we can do things to uh, uh, to address that. Um, so there are lots of things about the tumour that need to be incorporated into a treatment programme, 
just as there are things about the normal tissues that we might want to incorporate. I guess that means there's going to be quite a lot to do for quite a long time to come. Lots of work ahead, I think, which is good. It's a good thing. So finally, what would you both say to someone who's thinking about getting involved in research or getting involved with a patient and public involvement group? Well, I'll start with the patient involvement group. I mean, I would say go for it. Ask your doctor if there are any opportunities, if you haven't spotted any. Doctors and scientists often don't see things from the patient's point of view. So having patients involved is incredibly important. And it doesn't need a scientific or research background necessarily, just a willingness to share your own and others' ex- and others' experiences. I think there was a time, I don't know, 30 years ago, when doctors didn't particularly want to hear what patients had to say. They thought they knew all the answers. We're not in that position anymore. And in my experience of being part of research projects, we as patients are just treated as a part of the team. The team is multidisciplinary and one of those disciplines is the patient voice. So it's not a scary thing. You're usually treated extremely well. Lots of cups of tea. (laughs) But, you know, as Neil said, I thank you, Neil, for saying what you said earlier about my contribution. I don't remember those. I remember the scheme, but I don't remember any particular events. But it's always nice to know that, you know, what you do has been uh, helpful. And uh, I think the fact that uh, clinicians keep coming back to ask patients, particularly those who've been involved with it, keep coming back to ask patients shows that how important it is. So go for it and join up and help the work. I must admit, I agree with Hilary. Uh, Go for it. I do think we need more patient voices asking for research to address issues are of concern to patients, actually shaping the research agenda, at least in part around what patients want and need, I think is actually quite important. I guess I have a a second issue or second area of interest, which is about how to help patients understand radiotherapy better so that it's not so terrifying and also helping people believe that they're receiving a treatment that is really sophisticated properly individualized and uses high-tech equipment and I think that might help patients to feel more confident about what was happening even if it remains a little bit daunting so I think the public perception is something that's really quite important and I hope that between all of us we can uh, help in that agenda a little bit. Thank you both I agree it's been working with you both and and with the patient involvement group has really been so eye-opening and a pleasure and even if we look back to the right right from the beginning of this project Hillary when we were first talking about it has completely changed and that's all down to the wonderful contributions of patient involvement group and and really shaping mm-hmm. what's most important and I think without that the project wouldn't be half as brilliant as it is I thank you both for that and also just to wrap up, just to thank you both for being on the podcast today. It's been an absolute pleasure listening to your experiences and about when you first started in radiotherapy. It's, it's been a really, really interesting. So thank you both. Yes, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you for having me. Likewise. Thank you for having me too. 